Well, let me say good morning. It is great to see you today, and we're so glad to have you joining us online, if you will. Hey, we're in a series called Be the Church, where we live, work, and play. And to be honest, a lot of things have changed over the last couple of weeks. As we're under the shelter-at-home edict, and we're spending some more time together in our households and in our neighborhoods, and it's required us to think about some things differently. But I want to go ahead and talk to you about work today. You know, I love my job. I do. I love where I work. I love how I work. I love what I do. But I need to be honest that sometimes I struggle with my work. Sometimes I struggle to, uh, to be fully present. Sometimes there are moments that are overwhelming to me. There are times that I feel greatly engaged, and there are other times where sometimes I can feel like I'm going through the motions. And I think the challenge for each and every one of us, when we think about being the church where we live, work, and play, is how do we make work more than just something that's a pursuit of wealth or a pursuit of a paycheck or a status? How do we begin to be the kind of people that our work is really about the effort and the time that we put together for God's glory in anything that we do? I want to share with you real quick uh, uh, a picture, if I can. Here's one job. Here's one piece of work that I would never want to do. Look at this for a second. That picture right there makes me want to throw up, if I'm honest. Can I say that? I mean, the truth of the matter is, even looking up that picture, trying to find it online, my stomach began to churn to even think about how would somebody work in that job, in that task, on that beam, and have lunch? How could they even spend their energy and their time like that? Now, I think for most of us, friends, when we begin to think about work, we think about it in the context of our job, about pledging a certain amount of hours, getting a certain wage, getting a certain size paycheck. But when we're talking about work, it's more than just earnings. It's more than just what we gain. Oftentimes, there are three terms that are kind of synonymous that we use with work. These three terms are this. It's occupation, which is about uh, time and money. It's really our job. It occupies our strength, our effort, our energy. Our profession, which our profession is, means we've spent some time in study or practice harnessing this ability or this profession. And vocation. And vocation is really about our passion, our gifting. Occupation may be about our strength or effort. Profession may be about our mind or our personal abilities being harnessed. But our vocation is really about our passions. It's the things that ignites us that we love doing. The idea we want to unpack today is this, that the work of the church is to impact the world. When I'm talking about the church, I'm not talking about first Christian church. I'm talking about the church universal. That those of us who, who call ourselves Christians, who believe in the death and burial resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we, the work that we do, whether it be for pay or our passion or, or something we've been trained for, that when we leverage our lives... It should leave an impression on the world around us. It should impact the world. It should leave it a better place. And so when we think about that today, we want to remind ourselves that the church is not a building, it's a people. 
The church, in some ways, maybe you've heard this phrase, has left the building. That's very true for us. We're not even gathering in the building. And so we challenge ourselves all the time to be the church where we live, work, and play. And maybe we need to ask just a question. Maybe we need to unpack one question today, and it's this. Why do we work? I mean, what's our motivation? What's our purpose? What's the reason for us to understand this? Now, if you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you to go ahead and open up. And we're going, to, we're going to look at a handful of different passages today. But as you open up to the very first book of the Bible in the Old Testament, or the First Testament, you open to the book of Genesis. And the book of Genesis captures uh, the narrative story of, of the early humanity, of life as it was being created. And in that conversation, there's an understanding that God is creating and shaping the world that we now live in. But in his opportunity to create humanity, he did something very different. Of all the the rest of creation, uh, he takes for us and gives us a job description, a role, a purpose, a reason for why we would be a part of this creation. Here's what it says, Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 27. So God created mankind, humanity, in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living creature that moves along the ground. In theology, sometimes they call this the culture mandate, that this is where God now hands responsibility to humanity to work the earth. So that their place, their role, their priority might be about caring for creation, the creation that God has given us. God empowers humanity to continue this work. We see that in the beginning, God was at work creating. In creation, God was at work giving all of creation its place, its purpose. But with humanity, God is entrusting humanity to continue God's work at bringing peace. See, in that creation, God created peace, or shalom, the way everything should be able to work in harmony. But unfortunately, it didn't stay at peace. Humanity's rebellion brings in sin and darkness and brokenness. We understand that in this brokenness, in sin and death, also comes in our understanding of our separation between humanity and God. Death becomes a part of the narrative in creation. But even at the beginning of time, God always had a plan that he would reconcile humanity. That God in his foreknowledge had intended for humanity to have free will to live out their life in obedience, but at their own choice before God. And when we would rebel, and we did, God would need to send a reconciler. God sent himself in the form of Jesus, fully God and fully man, to walk this earth, to live a blameless and pure life. And in that, he ended up giving his life, his death on the cross and his burial and his resurrection now become the payment for our sin that provides life everlasting. But because of that creation edict, because of that culture mandate, 
We know that God has given us a role and a responsibility. And even though we live in a broken and fallen creation, we are still in charge and entrusted to steward the world around us for God's glory. Work is more than what we do. It's about who we are. There's a deep-seated identity in all of us that when we work, we actually represent God. We are representing the work of God, the character of God, the nature of God. And when we work, we are about bringing peace and harmony back together for God's glory and God's purposes in all of creation. Why? This passage tells us that we bear the image of God. We bear the image of God. And that means that our value is not out of the production of our work, but the relationship that we have because our creator loves us. So we work. And work is a part of our DNA, just as God's work is a part of his DNA. Let me say it this way. Work is what we do because of whose we are. Not just who we are, but whose we are. It is in relationship with God. We need to understand that our identity is not simply what we do, but it's in our relationship with God that he has given himself through the person of Jesus, and we are entrusted with the opportunity to work in this world for his glory and for his honor. And the Apostle Paul goes on, and he begins to speak about this in different ways. As you flip through the pages of Scripture and you get towards the back of the Bible in the New Testament, Paul, a believer in Jesus Christ, comes to an understanding of who Jesus really is and what his life is about. He says this in Colossians. Whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, as if working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Somehow, Paul is writing this idea that, hey, hey, whatever you're doing, whether you, whether you work in a school, whether you work in a factory, whether you, you, uh, you serve as a policeman, whether, whatever you do in this world, do it with all of your might. Because there's a much bigger purpose at stake in what you're doing. Work is beyond the occupation, beyond the paycheck. Work is well beyond our training and expertise. Work is even beyond our passions and gifts. Our work is for God to work in us and through us. That's what our work is for. It's for God to work in us and through us. As Christians, we believe that God is always at work in our world. And so if God is at work, there is this privilege for us to partner with God as God is working in this world. Think about this for a moment. God is at work uh, even where you are and when you are at work. So think about this. If God is at work in this world where you are working, the two come together. So think about when you're at work and the purposes that God may have for your boss or with your peers or your coworkers, your clients or your customers your teammates, your direct reports. If God is at work there, working in you and in that world, how might God be able to take your work and leverage it for his glory? God is already at work there. And we have a chance to join in God's work. 
Oftentimes we see this passage, and the first thing we focus on, though, is that it's about doing it with all of your heart. And so we think about the production. We need to work hard, discipline, give our best. And we talk about all the production and how to get stuff done. But that may not be the emphasis at all. The emphasis may really be that while we are giving our best, there are people around us watching. Our bosses, our coworkers, our friends. And what Paul is trying to say in this passage to, to a church Colossae is this. Hey, friends, yeah, work hard. Give your best. Do everything you can to do a great job at your work. But friends, people are watching your life. They're hearing your words. They're seeing your actions. They're responding to your behavior. And they are getting an example of who God is and how God might work in their world. Think about that for a moment. So let's, let's maybe dig a little bit le- deeper. Some of us may not go to work this next week. We will work from home. Do the people that you work with, do they see God at work in you? Not that, do, do they see you as a Bible thumper or trying to convert everybody, leaving a track everywhere you can at your office? I'm not talking about that, okay? Do people see God at work in your life? From the way that you live, the way that you act, the way that you speak, the way, the values that you live out and the way that you prioritize your life. Do they see you as somebody that can be taken at your word? Let me, maybe let me ask it to you this way. When you're not at work, do people miss you? And if they do miss you, do they miss you because of your personality? Or because of the the amount of stuff that you get done? Or do they miss you because of the very character that you exude when you produce well and when you care well for people? Friends, I hope that we're missed. I hope that people around us stop and go, man, I I miss Johnny. I miss Susie. And I hope it's because they like us in our personality. I hope they like us because we work well. But I hope they miss us because when we're absent from their lives, they miss out on a bit of, of God's work a little bit more, partnering with them through you. Think about that. What kind of difference can we make at work? How can we be the kind of people that live a life that give glory to God? 1 Corinthians goes on to say this a little bit more and begins to talk about it this way. When he talks about why should we work, he says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now some of us are are pausing. We're we're, We're thinking about the occupation that we do. Whether we're running a forklift Uh, whether we're making a decision in a court, whether we're writing up legal documents. But the truth of the matter is, whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, whatever we're a part of, the circumstance or relationship, we have a chance to do it for the glory of God. And God gives us all sorts of freedom. God gives us all sorts of grace to, to be able to live out the life that we want with our talents and our abilities. One of the things we talked about a few weeks ago when we started this whole idea of being the church, we talked about living a life of worship. And we defined worship not being just songs that we sing or or things that we do in an activity together as a church. We talked about worship being literally declaring the worth of God. 
that we would declare the worth of God through the response of our lives, meaning that we would live in such a way that everything that we would do would give credence back to our relationship with God. We ask this question, what is worth giving your life to? That that's really what worship is. It is something that is so valuable that we would give our life towards it. So think about this for a moment. You can live out this life as a stay-at-home parent. You can live out this calling as a local school teacher or daycare worker. You can, you can live this out as a fundraising executive or a healthcare professional. But whatever you do, whatever you spend your time, your energy, your effort towards, when you leverage your life, do it for the glory of God. Because when we do, we are devoting ourselves to something that matters, not for the moment, not for the season, not for this temporary time. It matters for eternity. And people get to experience God up close and impersonal through us. Paul writes another letter to a, to a church in Ephesus, and he says this in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2. He reminds us that it's for, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, but it's a gift from God. Not by works, so that none of us can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you see how many times the word work, or a variation of work, was used in that passage? We're saved by grace but not by our works. We are God's handiwork created to do good works for God. Later in scripture, uh, we're reminded that God has equipped his people to do works of service so that the body of Christ, the church, may be built up. I love this word handiwork. We're reminded that our, our grace that's been given to us, this salvation that we received from Jesus, is not by our work or our effort, but it's a gift to us. But God says that we become somehow, in God's working throughout the world, that God begins to take us, and as we are working within the world, God working in us and through us, we become the handiwork of God. What I love about this, though, is that handiwork can be translated a couple different ways. It can be translated also as masterpiece. Masterpiece. Like, like a painting. Uh, like a, a piece of a pottery or sculpture. That God working in our world through us begins to paint and craft an incredibly unique picture of God in this moment, in this place. And God is at work in our world, and the world becomes a canvas. Your life is transformed by God, and your work becomes the paint that covers this canvas. God's work in you becomes your work in the world, and your life begins to be the brush, the strokes across the canvas, clearly painting for a world around us the portrait of God's love for us, and our worth in the world because of him. The work of God, the work of God saves us. 
And the work of God that saves us is the source that causes us to serve God and others. God creates a masterpiece with our lives. And we are his handiwork. So why do we work? We work for God's glory, by God's grace, and through God's gifts. Why do we work? We work for God's glory, by God's grace, and through God's gifts. Recently, life's changed for all of us, hasn't it? It's changed for all of us. We have a new normal that we live through. And the truth of the matter is, whether we're at our job of work, whether we're working within our home or within our family or working out into the community and the world that we're a part of, everything has now shifted. I wanted to share something with you that has kind of come across social media a little bit out of our church. We have incredible volunteers that work within our church, but we wanted to pause and capture one of our kids ministry volunteers as he was serving in his job just to see what he's thinking about during the day. And so, if you will for a second, let me introduce you to Steve Aiden, one of our children's workers, and let's watch this video. Hey, elementary kids, and especially my awesome fifth graders. I just want to take a second and say, I miss you. I miss hanging out with you. I miss uh, having fun with you, learning with you, uh, learning from you. So, um, yeah, love you like your own, my own kids. Um, if you remember, like a month ago, we talked about how you can praise and worship God even in hard times. Well, what we're going through in the world today is scary, and scary is hard to me. So, even though what's going on, we're a little uneasy. Remember, you can praise and worship God. All right? We're going to get through this. Be stronger, faster, wiser. Yeah. So keep making good choices. Be safe. Be strong. See you soon. Bye. I'll be honest. I love that video. I mean, imagine being captured or caught for a moment just in the middle of your job and somebody capturing a video of what's on your heart and what's on your mind. Steve is a good man. Well done, good and faithful servant. I'm sure Steve enjoys getting a paycheck for what he does. I'm sure he enjoys uh, having a relationship with the people that he works with. But in his heart, even when he's out working for a paycheck, he is mindful of the work of what God is doing even in these circumstances. And to hear his heart about the, the kids that he works with every week. To think about his heart is also concerned about his family and everything that's going on in his life. Helps me have a greater perspective. That even in the work that I do, that there's a greater perspective than just the task before me. But there is a will and a purpose of God that we need to be living out. You know, I've been blessed uh, over the last couple of days of just some different things that have come my direction. I got a phone, or I got an email, excuse me, the other day uh, of someone who just said, hey, uh, there, are, there are healthcare professionals that are on the front lines working, and there are people that are being treated through that healthcare and through the, the, the hospitals of our community. H how do we get cards? How do we get some sort of letter to those professionals and to those people who, for all practical purposes, are probably going through their treatment alone? 
found a way and we got somebody to actually sit down and write some cards and some letters. And we're, we're planning on delivering those cards. We're planning on getting those to the people that are in need to let them know that God's still at work even in their circumstance. And so continue in the work of getting better and getting healthier. I, I, got a, I got a text recently the other day from a friend of ours who owns a business who just said, how, how, do, we, how do we take treats and desserts to those who are out working and serving? How do we make that happen? And so we, we sent a text to another contact that we had. And sure enough, conversation had. There was a location that things could be dropped off. And so this business partners with this organization. And together they come together so that they can work together for the greater good of humanity and the world that we're a part of. You know, I think about that all the time. I think about ways that we can help. I, I, was, I was driving home the other day, and I got a phone call uh, from a, a friend of mine who just simply said, you know, uh, we have a task that we need some help with, and we would love to have the church, your uh, friends and family that you're connected with, First Christian Church, to help us with a task. Sure, what, what do you need? We need you to make some masks, some masks that could help us at our hospital. This, the comment was this, in order to conserve the personal protective equipment for critical patient care needs, uh, we're asking the community members to use their sewing skills to make fabrics for an uh, asymptomatic staff, patients, and approved visitors who would wear these masks, these masks that would be created according to CDC guidelines. And so we got out and we began to kind of put some social media out there. And, and actually, the hospital asked us, they said, just get people to send their name, their phone number, and their email to this email address. Make a mask at carl.com. Make a mask at carl.com. And maybe you're one of those people that you know how to work a sewing machine. You know how to take some fabric and with some directions and instructions, you can make a mask. But whatever you do, do it, do it as if to the Lord. As we move to our time of response, I, I brought with me today a, a little bit of a prop. You know, back in the day when people went to work, initially they would take their, their lunch pail. We now call them lunch boxes and they're much more elaborate and you can actually keep things cold or keep things hot in them. But I brought my lunch pail today because when I think about going to work, uh, taking my lunch to where I'm going to be spending my time and my energy, I think about the things that I do that need to be my priority. You know, I, I talk about the work that I do and sometimes how I'm fully engaged or partially engaged. I think about my work sometimes and I, I wrestle with specifically how, how maybe I'm not fully present. And when I'm talking about my work, I'm talking about my number one, my number one job. This is my Bible. I'm talking about my faith before God. No, not getting paid to be a pastor. I'm talking about the challenge of being present before God. And you know, the, the silliest thing has happened is I've been encouraged to stay home. I've slowed down a little bit. My prayer time has gotten more consistent. I've been able to spend extra time kind of reading God's word and it's begun to recenter me the work of my life, first and foremost, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a Christ follower, is to put it in the hands of God. And maybe you're in a season right now that that's really what needs to start. You need it in your lunchbox. When you take your lunch pail to work, have you put the first priority in? 
A second second work that I'm I, I try and spend a lot of time in is is my family. This is a picture of me and my wife. You know, my family knows that she's my number one priority. A great spouse is a great parent. And so I want to spend time being fully present, fully engaged, fully involved in the walk with my wife and my boys. And sometimes I don't do great at that. But when it comes to the work that I do, I need to be fully rooted in God so that I can truly care for and love my family when I do the work of our home. Oh, and then I have one more job, one more place that I work. It's First Christian Church. And I find that when I, when I invest in the first work that I'm priority, is my priority, in the work of God, of growing and becoming a better Christ follower, and when I'm rooted in loving and caring for my family the way I should, that my job and ability to be a pastor, to care for our church, and to serve people comes much more naturally. Here's what, I, here's what I'm learning as I've been studying this passage. That our work, our work is not confined to a job. It's not confined to a location. It's not confined to an hourly time or wage. It's not even confined by circumstances. Because God is always at work in the world that we're a part of. And as his children, we are privileged to be at work with him. So let me ask you, let me ask you, why do you work? What is your motivation? What is your purpose? And if it's not, first and foremost, to live a life surrendered before God, how do we make that happen? Friends, if you have been familiar with gathering with us on a Sunday morning, we do a few things in what we get ready to start now, which is what we call our response time. Normally what we do is music begins to play and there are stations around the room. But today we want to prepare you to respond right in your home. I want to encourage you to begin to respond to what maybe God is doing right now. Maybe right now you have a prayer request. I want to encourage you to go to fcc-online.org forward slash prayer hyphen request. I want to encourage you that maybe today you've got, you've got some anxiety or some concern you want to share with our staff and our elders. And I want to encourage you to email that to us. Let us know what's going on in your heart. What is it you're battling with right now? Maybe it is as simple as having God be the center of your life. And so maybe, maybe you know there's a next step faith decision that you need to surrender your life to God. And that's, that's done through the picture of baptism, where we're buried in the waters of baptism, where we identify with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in that moment, what we're expressing, we're declaring that our life is surrendered to God, being clothed in Him, His grace, his forgiveness. Not our work, not our production, but the work that he's already done. Friends, we also have a chance to respond through giving. I'm grabbing my phone because on our phone we download an app, Give, G-Y-V-E, 
We look up our locations where we normally attend, whether it's Urbana or Champaign, and we give of our tithes and offerings. Friends, I need to just tell you, we need to be able to partner together. God has already begun to stir up work in our community, and uh, I know this because of what's happening through my texts and through messages and through phone calls that God is stirring up all sorts of opportunities to move in and around us and for us to join him. But one of the things we need to wrestle with is are we, are we adequately resourced? Many of you already use the Give app and you give on a regular basis, but if you've not chosen to do that yet, would we encourage you, we do encourage you, to use the Give app. It's a secure and safe way to give. And become a, become a partner with what God is doing in our community and through his church. Give through the church and see God's work continue to take shape in the world that we're a part of. Last of all, we have the privilege to take communion. And if you have some crackers and you have some juice, this is where we pause together and we're reminded that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, before he would be arrested, before he'd stand trial, before he'd be crucified, he said these words. He took some bread, and we use a cracker, and he said, this is my body broken for you. He said, take and eat. And in the same way, he took a cup. He took the juice. And he said, this is my blood poured out for you. Take it and drink. He instituted this, this memorial to re be reminded that there is a new covenant, a new partnership, that the brokenness between humanity and God was now going to be reconciled through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It would be there that through his work, we would experience the forgiveness of sins. We would come to understand life everlasting, and we would begin to live this new life. Friends, as we continue to sing, would you continue to respond? Would you allow God to continue to work in your life? to help you take a next step of growth, to help you further surrender all that you do for his glory and his honor. But let's be the church where we live, work, and play because we know God is already at work, even in this scenario and circumstance. And we want to be found ready to partner with him at work.